Gardening Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together, each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Hi everyone, it is great to be here and you can call through any time from now till 10am 94841927. Big shout out to the dynamic duo Chris Bartlett and Mark Carlton. And you can catch Chris again after 9pm tomorrow evening uh, with some very relaxing music between 9 and midnight. You can go to our email if you'd like to contact us that way, gardening at curtainfm.com. And a big shout out to our cycling DJ, Jim Crinan, for his cycling update just now. And the multi-talented Jim will return at 10am with the classic 70s for you. Faye, good morning. We're here again. We we are here. Have you had a good week, Ray? Not bad. It depends how you define good and what we're actually talking about. But everything is okay. It's been, I will say, for me, a hellish week temperature-wise. It has and I'm been a bit over long. it. I mean, I say that every week, but now I really, <laughs> I've had enough. I've had enough. And I get to a point now I'm going, I can't be bothered. Well, I've powered through, Ray. I got out oh, there early in the mornings. Yeah. And some days I barely even notice what the temperature is. Mind you, I can always find a shading tree to work under. Yeah, of course. But as the morning goes on, I get more focused on the job at hand. Yeah, and so, so you just block out the temperature. I do. Drink more water and... Yeah. Power on. Yes. Yeah. Till it goes dark. Yeah. That's what I did last night. Really? So you worked the whole day through. I did. Yeah. I did. And then I stood back and just admired what I'd done. And then fall into bed. <laughs> After Gardening Australia. Yeah. It was an early night, shower and bed. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And I slept till I slept in this morning. Did you really? Yeah. I had to say the alarm jolted me as well. I'd still be asleep, I think, left to my own. I forgot to to resources. set the alarm and now I've forgotten to bring my phone with me. Oh, okay. Well, you're probably exhausted. <laughs> oh, I was a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's well, all good. I envy you. Uh, we're chatting with Joanne Harris from Guildford Garden Centre, one of our favourite garden centres. It's I love going there. It's just all those little goodies in there, the giftware stuff and everything. Oh, yes. Fabulous, yeah. fabulous. So we're talking about hibiscus with Joanne today and what is trending in nurseries. Love to hear all about that. Five past nine, we're chatting with Mark Tuchek from Tuckerbush, talking about water poppies and tropical night flowering water lilies and native mints, which had my antenna up as well. So have, we haven't spoken to Mark this year, I don't think, have we? Okay. Oh, my brain's well, too we're, fogged we're to still remember. only in March, so yeah, it's it hasn't early. been long. So I'm looking forward to that chat. And uh, night flowering lilies, I have a night flowering plant, and I don't know if I'm overly impressed or I forget. I forget to go and see it. Is <laughs> it a like, moonflower? Uh, it's a, oh, here we go. Um, 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 I'll have to come back to you with the name of it. Okay. Yeah. What colour? White. It's a common one that we see all the time. I just, the name's. Cactus? Must be, yeah. I think so. Epiphyllum? 
I don't know. I don't okay. know. I oh, will come back to you. It's a very common one. And you know when you buy things on a whim. And it's produced some beautiful flowers. But there's this big, huge thing. And I, I come out in the morning and I can see it's flowered. I thought, oh, I've missed it again. Yeah. So I don't know. I, that's just my own personal well, night if flowering plants. If it is in a pot, Ray, you need to bring it close to your back door. So you, you're yeah, ready. Yeah. Yeah. So you can actually um, see it. So do you have night flowering plants? Uh no, I well I actually Queen of the haven't night. I have that's it. Sorry, but I haven't liked the look of them. Uh I don't I, think I like the look of it. <laughs> so I, I think can, I'm gonna give it away. Well I've given mine away. Yeah. But somehow I seem to have something similar. They so boomerang. I, I'm gonna have another go at it, Ray. I'm going to yeah. do it justice and I'm going to put it in a position where it looks like it belongs, like climbing up a tree or hanging out of a tree and mm. and see if I can, you know, just do the right thing with it. Sometimes, like, if you get a oh, daggy-looking no. plant and you repot it and you give it some love, it actually responds. And if you relocate it mm. to a position that it's it's happier in. And with... I'm relocating lots of plants at the moment. Okay. Again. Again. Okay. Well, you sent me some pictures during the week and I have to say, you look like you've got more plants than I recalled. Yes. What what is going on? I have I have friends who are bringing me plants wow. and swapping cuttings and all sorts. So yesterday a friend came and helped me in the garden mm-hmm. and she brought me six new syngoniums. Okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm getting very spoiled. There's so many varieties of syngoniums as well. I know. I just and didn't realise. I mean and they're an aroid. Yeah. So my aroid collection is just Blooming, exploding. Some of them are sell for a lot of money. Some not not on my turf they won't (laughs) because, as you know, I'm not very good at selling plants. Yeah, no, but, I mean, some of the more rarer varieties Mm. are very interesting and there's just um, so many, so many you don't realise. Not just the simple ones that you go to the local nursery and find. I'm talking about I see a lot of it on Facebook. Well, and there are some specifics too, some... I know I will have to bring inside for the winter unless my glass house is ready. And then we get we get into the level of the the temperature in the room, uh, how moist it is. You can get humidifiers. Yes. Uh, so there's lots of things to learn about how we can do better with do our indoor plants. A humidifier in your house? Not yet. It's on it's, my list. It's on my radar yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Okay, and I know we've got quite a few emails to power through, so we shop We stop. have. Yes, Josephine from the Kelmscott Hills has sent us in a photo and it's actually a very good photo, Ray. She said she's been busy and gone a bit blind. Well, you do when you're looking through at little things. And she's got out her new handheld microscope. I saw that, yes. And been thrip hunting and wonders if this is them. Yes, so she sent in a photo. Uh, It clearly is a thrip, thrips, and... It's smallish and yellow, which is what I've I've seen too. Now, Jim also just asked us about treatment for his roses with the chili thrips, and he he tells me that he's been hosing the plants a couple of times a day. I've also seen evidence on my friend, one of my frangipanis, where the leaves are slightly distorted, and the the flower buds came out and developed fine but have now got brown signs on them. Mm, so we are uh, suspicious. Yes, and I find hosing them is one of the easiest ways mm. if, if you're around and you can change their environment because they like a dry environment and they like 
weak new tissue. So if you don't overfeed your plants, if you keep them growing strong, you can give them seaweed, seaweed drinks or fish drinks, that will keep the plants strong without encouraging weak new growth, mm. which some of the high nitrogen fertilisers do. Bring and, about. And mm. that will encourage weak leafy new growth. Mm. So just be aware of that. So not not feeding is probably a good sign or not overfeeding. And not being in a hurry to cut things back because we want to break that cycle. So if we can not offer them some new food and surroundings, then they might just move on, Mm. not complete their cycle so easily. Also, can you tell me the issue with the treatment of geraniums and what the lily pillies problem is? So... Uh, the the lily pilly has got some blackening on the leaves. It, it could be burned, but it could also be perhaps too wet. So mm. with the weather that we've had, you know, both of the conditions can look similar with brown leaves. So look at where, where it's happening on the plant. If it's up the top, it could be burning from the sun. If it is all over, possibly it's been getting too wet to compensate for the hot weather. So plants have a limit of how much water they can take up. Check the root zone and see what you can find. that one. Mm -hmm. And the geraniums, uh, they look a little bit burned, a little bit munched. What I tend to do is take away all the damaged foliage so you're only left with the new new good-looking growth. And that way, if there is more damage going forward, turn over the leaves and and check for caterpillars. Mm, Or mm. the problem, the pest may have gone, it may have moved on. And, you know, now's a good time to tidy up your geraniums, to, Mm. to take cuttings and to pot them onto a new pot, give them a feed. Already they've started to turn a corner and start blossoming. One of the easiest things you can give them, of course, is a slow-release granule. So if you did nothing else, that would be a nice little feed for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of mine have uh, burnt, you know, quite significantly with the weather. Mm. Yeah, so I'm reluctant at the moment. Things look scrappy because I leave the burn Mm. there in the majority to protect what's underneath. Won't come good. So, like, I went out and I went through all of my bromeliads, Mm. and I just trimmed up the tips with some um, fine secateurs or scissors, Mm -hmm. and it's amazing. Once you get rid of those dead leaves, I've done the same to some of the agapanthus. Oh, given yeah. them a cutback, they were long and scraggly. I've removed some. Yeah. Uh, I've given them a feed. And it looks so much better. It's just amazing. Know, you know, you huge. just give the soil a tickle. Yeah. You see if it's hungry. You know, what have you got in the shed that you can add to it? Mm. You don't have to go out and buy new things. Mm. Often we have products sitting, sitting there. In, our, in our sheds. Let's use them up before we... Yeah, Go buy more, get yeah, more. Yeah, and we have some fabulous giveaways today. Uh, again, we uh, will be giving away Biagra and Aquaforce, which are two products donated to us via Eva Ritchie and the Turf Growers Association. I'll be giving those away. They're valued at $75 and they focus on soil repellency in your garden. It's a very good time to be adding uh, wetting agents to your soil. And we're going to be giving away $75 gift voucher uh, with uh, 
bigger trees. And we've also got these fabulous tree rings to give away as well today from tree rings. (laughs) (laughs) And you actually get a pack of four, and that's actually 20 tree rings. Wow. 20. So that's going to keep you out of mischief, 20 tree rings. Wow. So you can share some with your neighbours or your friends. So we're giving those away today as well. Uh, compliments of tree rings, and they're up there in Midland Road, Hazelmere. If you win them today, you do have to go and collect them, of course. Not something you can really just pop into the mail. Mm. Yes, okay. I shall let you carry on. Okay. Now, we've received an email from Frank Cherry, and he sent some photos of and a plan of his house and some trees. Now, he says he's got grevilleas that... Uh, about five to seven metres from the laundry and toilet and they're concerned that they may cause damage to the water pipes from the laundry and toilet. Now, looking at these photos, Frank, and I hope we've got you early enough before you've gone shopping, the photos that I'm seeing here in front of me actually look like bottle brush rather than grevilleas. So that would make a big difference if you're asking for advice from specialist sellers to see what damage the roots might do. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure what you're talking about, a bottle brush. Yeah. And I would think that the roots can actually travel that far, mm. but I am not aware of them breaking into pipes and causing problems. There certainly are some trees that would do that and we would not Mm. want anywhere near the laundry pipes. I was actually digging under a bottle brush yesterday. They're funny plants. I find things don't actually grow well under them. No. When the leaves drop, they form a mat. Mm. Uh, I was surprised because I haven't liked digging holes for a very long time now. But when I was digging these holes yesterday, there was a surface of humus down for about... 10 to 15 centimetres and then white sand underneath. We we could have made a sand pit with the white sand underneath. Typical Jandicott sand. But uh, coming away from these bottle brush that are around 40 years old, there were quite some significant roots, some very large roots, you know, mm. thicker than a golf ball, mm. um, almost up to a tennis ball in diameter. Yeah. But I've not had any trouble with with pipe damage now it's hard to know if a nursery would know unless they've got reports back but i suspect those who might know would be plumbers who've had to actually deal Mm. with digging up and repairing pipes or even home gardeners who've had to do that Mm. Uh, so if anyone knows we would love to hear if there's been any issue with bottle, with brush, bottle brush root systems. And we're talking about five to seven, seven metres away. And because the trees can be that tall... Yeah, then, the roots can be that long. Yeah. Mm. But whether they're a problem, if they're invasive, they're a problem. Uh, but they they may not be. And these trees look well established, so mm. Mm. couldn't be more help there. Sorry, Frank. Okay. And I think, shall we have a break and then we'll do some more on the other side? Certainly can, Okay, back shortly. Curtain Radio. 22 minutes after eight, you are with Ran Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. 
So, Ray, I'd just like to say, having thought about this a bit more with mm. Frank's trees, mm-hmm. if, Frank, if you are worried ab- about them, rather than removing the trees, because I'm pretty sure that the roots can travel that far, okay? So now that we've established that, what you can do without removing the trees would be to trim the trees. Mm. And that way you keep them smaller Bit more and, control. And it's a bit like bonsai. If you yeah. keep the top small, the roots don't have to go so far. They're yeah. not going to be as invasive. That's another good idea. I'm going to give something away while I have Ooh. the chance. <laughs> and I think I'll go to by Agra and Acroforce. Now, these products are used together and they assist you with water repellents in your soil. They are valued at $75. You must be a Curtin FM member and not to won a prize on the station in the last 28 days. Now, you would have to collect these prizes. And this week, the prize point for collection is called Bullsbrook and Greenfields Turf Farm. They are located in Franklin Road, Wanneroo. So here's one for all of you north of the river gardeners. So you would have to collect them in Franklin Road, Wanneroo, and we would send you the details, etc. during the week. Now, if you would like to win and have the best garden in your neighbourhood, here is your question. What do we call soil that repels water? What do we call soil that repels water? Give Bev a call, 94841927. Okay, good luck with that. Now, as promised, we have the gorgeous Joanne Harris online. Joanne is a proprietor of the Guildford Garden Centre, one of those centres that we all love to go to. It just makes you feel great when you're there. Joanne, good morning. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Ray and Faye. How are you this morning? Very Not good, thank bad. you. Better knowing that the temperatures have got a two in front of them next week. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I actually got up early this morning, went out and mowed my lawns and thought, yep, it's going to be a great week for gardening. Yeah. Oh, it sure is. Yeah, exactly. I hope it stays. I hope we've turned the corner. I'm not naive enough to think that there won't be some more spikes in temperature, but I just like to think it's winding down a little bit after what we've all been through. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for those cooler mornings. You know, when you wake up and you can almost smell the earth. I I love it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I'm with you. Well, you've been at the forefront of the hot weather trying to keep your plants alive, I guess, Joanne. Oh yes, it's been um, mm. it's been a fun summer. But you know, I'm backed up by some amazing staff members. You know, they they work hard. Um, the, the nursery looks amazing. It's packed full at the moment with with really good um, plants, really interesting stuff. So um, yeah, I'm really lucky. I've it, yes, it is hard work, like any any gardener knows yeah, when. Yeah. You know, to keep your own garden going well at this time of the year under the circumstances. So without an amazing team, um, we couldn't have the garden centre the way it is. So what sort of plants have you got there? What are, What's showcasing at the moment? Well, I guess we can't go past the uh, brand new kangaroo paws from Kings Park. Mm-hmm. Um, they were released this week. Um, so to limited garden centres, unfortunately, but there will be more next spring. So if you miss out this time round, um, they will be back again. Um, so um, I, I'm thinking everybody probably knows this, but the um, Kings Park have developed a true kangaroo paw, and it's the only blue variant in existence worldwide, um, and that's been developed. So there's 
there's four different um, uh, kangaroo paws that have come out this week. Masquerade, which is your blue variant, and then you've got Cocktail, which is vivid blue and purple flowers. Very pretty, that one, right? Mm. I think it's gorgeous. And I love the compact blue foliage. Yes, yes, I agree. And it's a little one. It's only 40 centimetres. Yeah. It's one that you can tuck into all sorts of spots. You know, you could even bring in, like, when it's flowering, if you had it in a pot somewhere, you can bring it in for, say, one to two weeks inside also and use it in that special spot. Yeah. Um, But, of course, you need to put it back out after a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, The other one I actually quite like is the electric pink and blue one. Yeah. Fireworks. Yes. It also has that compact blue foliage. And the last one uh, is rich purple flowers, and it's Mm. called Carnival. So, yeah, it's it's exciting to see these come out. I think uh, Digby and his... um, his team at uh, King's Park have done an extremely good job. It's been a long time coming. I think this sure started in 2007, or I think it was, mm. that it first started breeding these things, and now, you know, we have this. So those came out. Now, if, you, if you're um, – I, I know that Zanthoria Nursery also have them, so if you call in and into your garden centre and they don't, you can come on out to Guildford or stay to Zanthoria, and you'll certainly get some. So that's what's new in yeah. um, in the garden centres. But, of course, there's so much happening at the moment with summer. Um, being around, you've got citrus, bougainvillea, hibiscus, all of those things that are either summer flowering or available in at this time of the year. So if you've been looking for citrus and you haven't found it up until, you know, beginning of January or around about now, um there's still a lot of varieties that are available. Um, but, of course, as the cooler weather comes on, there'll be less varieties. So if you're wanting to put some citrus in, um, it's worth having a look at the garden centres now. So, Joanne, you were saying that there was a, um, a bit of a delay getting some stock out because of the late, long winter that we had last yeah. year. It's been really frustrating. Um, yeah. Because, of course, everybody, you know, citrus is one thing where um, you would normally find citrus end of October, beginning of November, we start collecting lots of orders for it and we know it's about to hit. None came out until probably, you know, the, the uh, you know, you'd see your Eurekas and Washington Navels and your ones that you see all year round, they were there. But the more interesting ones like um, lemonades, tangelos, things like that, they didn't come out until closer to January, right? So mid-January, and it's only now in the last maybe four or f- maybe four weeks that we've seen the more advanced specimens coming into the stock also. Yeah. Um, lots of things, even the bougainvilleas, you know, you usually see those before Christmas. No, they didn't come out until at least mid-January. In fact, February was more when we started seeing good numbers coming through. So, yeah, the growers have had, you know, through spring, we were constantly saying to clients, um, it's coming, it's coming. Put your name down, we'll contact you when it comes. And it would be one, two, three months before it actually arrived in. Yeah, well... Tell us about hibiscus. Faye's got hibiscus written down here, so she obviously wanted to chat with you about it. Well, hibiscus is um, is a it's a great one to buy at this time of the year. Mm. You've got the varieties are out; they're in flower, so yeah. you can see them. 
Um, and that's what it's about when you, it's same with Bougainvillea, you know, things that come out in the, the summertime and that flower in the summertime, that's a great time to buy it. Mm. In autumn, you tend to um, look at things that turn, like Chinese tallow. So yeah. in autumn, that's when a lot of people will come out to buy them because they want to see the colours. Yeah. Um, you can't always rely on labels, unfortunately. Then the pictures aren't always accurate. For the color. This is true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah it's, um, look, it's brimming at the moment. It's it's quite good. I'm like getting excited just sitting here listening to you. <laughs> yeah. Come in and have a look. It's sh- really exciting. Yeah. You know, like I know you're going to be talking later on with Mark Tuchek, who's the wonderful Tuckerbush man. Yes. Um. And, and of course, um. Uh, water plants, but that, that range at the moment is jam-packed. In fact, Christine, who um, deals with all of our stock and, and where to place it each week, it's like a Tetris at the moment. She's having to really push and make make room for everything. So um, it's really well worth it. You know, and if you're a little bit nervous about planting at the moment, if you don't have the time yeah. to, put in, to, to care for your plant, which you do have to have at this time of the year, Grab them, plant, um, keep them in pots, or even plant them up into a bigger pot until the cooler weather comes along. But it's it's worth getting out there and even just having a look and doing a reconnaissance, do a bit of a, a planning session, you know, and see what you want to come up. And ask your garden centre because they'll, you know, we'll always tell you, um, look, buy it now because it won't be available in two months' time. Yeah. Or no, you can wait. I'll put your name down. We'll contact you in a couple of months when it's either back in stock or when you're ready to plant. um, Joanne, last week we had a phone call from Barbara who was looking to put something in a a narrow space which was a metre wide and gets full sun. She was hoping for something native and bird attracting. Can you recommend anything that would fit the bill there? Okay, native and bird attracting. Um, Well, look... The first thing that comes to mind isn't native, uh, but uh, it's the Ilex. It's a new one called Tall, Dark and Handsome. Oh, what is it? Yeah, it's a beautiful little Ilex, like a holly bush. Um, And it's tall, dark and it's handsome. So the the leaves go um, quite dark. They almost go a black colour. It's a deep, deep green. And then you get this black tinge to them also. Um, It only grows to a metre... Point five, so one and a half meters, and it's only fifty centimeters wide, mm. which is what I love. And it will take the absolute full sun. Wow! So that's a really good one to look out for. That was brought out uh, spring this year. Um, sorry, spring last year. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's worth having a look at. So it's ilex, tall, dark, and handsome. And I like that because of the size of it, the width. You know, often people want something to go to two or three meters high mm. but most plants then grow two or three meters wide yes um the other one that is um is the syzygium straight and narrow so that's one of the lily pillies mm. now it's slightly wider it will grow to three to four meters and it can go to one and a half meters wide but they are very easy to trim back right so you can either have it hedge looking where you do it really nice and straight or you can just trim it up so that it stays away from gutters or pathways and things like that. But it will take the absolute full sun too. There's a little bit 
Uh, you could also look at maybe a climber. I know that's a little bit more work to start with, but something like the um, common old, but I absolutely love this, the Chinese star jasmine. Mm. Now, you could grow those. We've got those um, in our car park and we're slowly getting them to all join up. And what I want to do with them is just have them hedge-like. So, again, you can grow them up, but very quickly they'll um, grow upon each themselves and you can hedge that up and make that look like a nice dark green hedge. And, of course, the smell of the Chinese star jasmine is exquisite. And now getting back to hibiscus, I imagine that would also be suitable. And I was thinking the smaller growing ones with the, the variegated leaves. Oh, yes. The variegated leaf can be a little bit harder to grow in the full sun. Yeah, would it burn or? I think it might burn. um, But there's a little one that we get in and I think it's called Jazzy or Jazz. No, Jazzy. And it's the most beautiful tangerine coloured plant, a flower. Um, That one will only grow to about a metre and a half but you can keep it nice and, and uh, trimmed back. Um, and I think you'd find it would probably grow to a metre wide. Um, so that that's a really nice one. And, of course, prolific flowering right through the summertime mm. when things are feeling hot and you maybe don't want to go out in your garden a lot. But a hibiscus, it just looks after itself. I think really the only thing that attacks hibiscus, I, I call it an Aphids do like it, but if you see the aphid or hibiscus, it's an indicator you need to check the rest of your garden because that's where they'll go first. So what was that that you is the indicator? Aphids. Um, the aphids, yes. So aphids, um, hibiscus uh, attract aphids. Ah, okay. Um, or don't attract them, but, you know, if aphids are in your neighbourhood, they'll, they'll go up. to a hibiscus. Yeah. And then so, the ladybirds will come. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, for, yeah. a, for the hot, dry spot, what about your, you know, dwarf grevilleas and things like that? They're pretty hardy. And bottle and... brush? Well, mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Callistamins, your bottle brush. Um, even some of the uh, new, um, the Nivea. Um, Aromophilas. Thank you, thank you. Um, it's nice when I've got someone to bounce this off. <laughs> um, yeah, the Eremophila, the Nivea, the summertime one, I love that. That's that beautiful grey foliage beautiful. with the exquisite blue flower. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, and some of those will grow to metre, metre and a half of that one, but it doesn't get very wide. It's almost vase shape. So mm. that would work quite well through there too. And, Joanne, um, what about grasses? Is there any yeah. anything sort of strappy that will just flow in the breeze with maybe those lovely flower heads that change yeah. as they age? Yeah, the lamandras. There's some, yeah, the lamandras and and some of the dianellas. I love the dianellas with the blueberries that come after mm. the flowers. Um, and there's all sorts of sizes and um, and leaf. Um, sizes also with those. Some of them are very compact. Some are more open and willowy. Um, mm. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's actually a lot more you can do in a sunny spot like that than you think. Mm. 
And what about yeah, a spot? Uh, we're now we're grilling you, and I, I mentioned <laughs> it on email, and you may or may not have read it. Our producer Bev has a spot, awkward spot in her garden, and I relate because I've had this in a previous garden where in summer it's blowtorch hot, and in winter no sun. And she was out, she wants a hardy plant that can handle both both. Oh, how big does she want, Ray? I think doesn't she want to cover part of a quarter of a fence line? I think she wanted a fit reasonable so size, up to a meter. I'm not sure. Yeah, she's just sitting out there. She's not even listening to us. <laughs> she might be busy. She's talking. You need to move house. No. Yeah, tell we, me about um, it. We have that question asked, and every time I have that question asked, I just go, oh, gosh, I feel sorry for you. Yeah. There are certain things. Like, I think what you have to consider in those sort of spots is the things like viburnum, the small leaf viburnum tinus or anvi, or even the marayas. Yeah. What they'll do is they'll go in the absolute full sun and they'll also take the shade. So you'll often get someone wanting a hedge and they want it, but it starts in under a tree and then goes out into the blazing hot sun by the time it reaches the other side. And those two are my go-to plants. Okay. Um, Maria I love because of the beautiful scent. Oh, yes. Um, You can keep that. um, There's small varieties of that also, like the hip eye. So that would only go 1.2, I think it is. There's a miniature uh, one. Is that it? The miniature Maria? No, the, that's the Minamin. And that's Minimin. the smaller one, Minamin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Minamin has a smaller leaf. Mm. Um, I uh, personally, I love the one called Hip High. Hip High. So it's a little bit taller. It's about 1.2 metres. It has the bigger leaf that you see on the Maria paniculata. Um, and it just, it, to me, it's got that lovely willowy flowing look about it. Whereas the Minamin is more, I use that when I'm not toperizing, but keeping something to a shape and it holds a shape very well. Mm-hmm. So those two are good. Viburnum is a great one. Don't look at the, um, the large leaf one for that position because it's too hot. They burn, yeah. They just burn. Mm. But the Viburnum tinus or the newer one called Anvi, and the beauty on that one is they flower in wintertime when not a lot is flowering. So what what's that one called again? And... Viburnum Anvi. Anvi, okay. O-N-V-I, Anvi. Anvi, okay. We'll check yeah, that out so too. That's a good one. And I think the other thing that we forget to use sometimes in those spots is um, deciduous shrubs, shrubs or even trees. So, you know, you can put in a tree and then in the winter, in the summertime, it gives you that shade or mm. it gives you the shade on the ground um, or yourself if it's a tree um, for the summer. But in the wintertime, it allows the sun to come through. I like that idea. Mm. Right. And even in the wintertime underneath, you know, I've got a spot similar to that where I've got Oakville Crimson Spire trees and they only grow a metre and a half wide. And mm. five meters tall, mm. so they're they're a really good small tree for a garden. And underneath that, I've got loads of bulbs. So in winter time, when they're completely deciduous, your eye is drawn to the ground rather than up to your fence line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And then you're using that winter sun, and you're shading yourself from the summer sun. Um, mm. I've seen some people use gardenias in those sort of positions. You have to be on top of things when you use certain plants. And although a gardenia will work in that position, 
you need to be on top of it and just being very careful how you garden. Um, uh, and I guess the trick with gardenias, since I've raised the, the, the gardenia, is um, as much as they like and prefer to be in a, um, uh, a um, acidic soil, took me a while to find that word too, in an acidic soil, um, they'll also uh, go okay in a, a neutral soil, but they do love to be fed every four to six weeks. They're like a rose. They're a gross feeder. Mm. And if you grow feed them, they will perform well for you. If you don't, and if you don't cover the soil with a good amount of mulch, because they've got shallow root system, you'll find that they'll burn and it'll then become a chore rather than something to enjoy. Pleasure, yeah. Great information. We could go on all day, I couldn't know, we? I'm but loving it. Time is of the essence. Thank you, Joanne. That was uh, very interesting. And Wonderful now we've overview. got lists of new plants to look at. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Well, enjoy your gardening week and the lower temperatures this week. And yes. thank you for inviting me on. I love your program. I think you give out great information, whoever you've got on there. Oh, thank and, you. And you too. Yeah. And must come in and join us in the studio soon. That would be lovely. Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy the day and thank you for your program. Thanks, Joanne. Cheers for that. Bye. Cheers. Bye for now. Bye. And we do have to go for a short break. Christine, we're very aware of your call. We will be straight with you. Radio. Thanks for your company on Let's Talk Gardening this morning. Straight to, oops, all the phone lines just dropped out. Oh, hang on a sec. That Whoa. was interesting. I think we all just dropped out. We're back again anyway. We're in. No, we're not. The lines are misbehaving. Um, um, okay, we do have a winner, by the way, for our ag... ag- I can't get the Aqua words. Force Thank you, Faye. And Viagra. I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble. These products are absolute top shelf and are designed to work together and assist you with water repellents in your soil. The winner is Caroline of Dianella. And Caroline, we were just uh, saying that the pickup point is in Franklin Road, Wanneroo, Bullsbrook, and Greenfields Turf comes Farms. But we will be in contact with you. Uh, early in the week and uh, to shore everything up for you. So congratulations, you're today's winner. And the question was, what do we call soil that repels water? Hydrophobic. Hydrophobic. And you caught John out, didn't you? Because he dropped an O in that, didn't he? In his spelling and he put it through. I... Yeah, I can't remember. That was too right. long ago. It was probably it was. about three or four days ago. And I said to him, what goes around comes around, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want to correct us. Oh, I like to have a win when I can. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not very often I get to have a win, I can assure <laughs> you. Now, I'm not sure what's happening with our phone lines. I can try again, but uh, let's just see. Things dropped in and out there. And uh, let's try it again. No, it's not looking good at oh. all. Wow. I know. Okay. Well, yeah. can I share a little bit of um, trivia trivia <laughs> yes look Ray John has bought me a present oh, and no. he's been shopping this week he he sent me a photo during the week and said his local store grocery store had jigsaw puzzles in mm. and this one in particular is a thousand piece mushrooms jigsaw puzzle and it's got all sorts of it's got the rhubarb mushroom, it's got the fairy mushroom, uh, the coral fungi, stink horns, just 
Earth stars. It's just beautiful. So he's given that to me as a gift. He's very generous. He he's, is. Yeah, well, he last week you got a mug, didn't I got you? a mug, and uh, I've been using that as well at home. It's been fabulous. So, no, that looks really interesting. I personally don't do puzzles, but I know people that are into them are absolutely addicted to them and love them. And I think about I should get involved, but I think, oh, my God, it's one more thing at the moment. You'd, um, you would love a dog's one, wouldn't you? <laughs> Maybe, if it was of my dog. All right, I'm going to try the lines again. Let's just see what happens here. It worked. Christine, good morning. Good morning. You do a wonderful job, you girls. Oh, we're just, we were just paddling uh, under the water very quickly then, Christine, because everything dropped out, came back, dropped out. It's a little bit scary, but uh, we're back. We're back. So let's just run with it. How are you? Good. Now, I want some um, advice. Uh, I've got a lemonade miniature tree in a tub. It's uh, 80 centimetres long by 45 centimetres in diameter. That's the pot. Okay. Uh, the tree is very healthy, but I usually turn the soil when I put the citrus fruit around come summertime. But this time was so hard that as I was digging, bring the soil out, this richest hair, this full of hair on round. Hair? Yeah, you know, the roots. Oh, okay. They're, they're very fibrous. Is that what you mean? Yes. Faye and I were just staring at each other then going, well, <laughs> citrus well, do have, have shallow roots. Yeah, and yeah. because it's been in a pot, yeah. it, it's filled the pot, I guess. I I just wonder, is there an opportunity for you to put this plant in the ground, Christine? Oh, it's so big. The pot is so big. Mm. And I'm sure, I don't know how I'm going to put the, I can't take the the plant out of the pot. But the thing is that it's going to keep getting bigger and it's going to yes. be more difficult to manage. So, you know, you you won't just be able to keep repotting it if it is that big. It, is there someone that could help you get it into the ground? I'll try, but I think the roots are so much there that probably stuck to this big pot. Okay. Well, there, it's, it's there a will pot. There will it's be a big one. You will pot. I think the best thing um, for now then is to maybe add a bit of compost, a little bit of wetting agent, maybe some seaweed. That will buy you some more time. But in the future, it's going to get more and more pot bound and the tree will struggle. It'll, it'll struggle to What do I have produce... to do? Take the tree out of the pot? Yes. And then what? Clean the, these witches' hair, whatever well, they are. Well, it, what it's telling you probably is that it's actually filled the pot. Mm. And yes. So it's used up all the potting mix. So what you need to go to keep the, what you need to do to keep the tree happy is to pot it into a bigger pot or my advice would be Get it into the ground. Otherwise, you're going to have more trouble in the future. All right. Because I dug it around about um, six inches deep mm. and I shook, shook the soil out and threw the, um, the roots on the ground. It was about a shovel work. Uh, um, twice I did that and I got out shovels, a great big shovel. That's how much the roots I got right around from as far as my uh, little spade can go down. Right. 
Well, you might find that the the tree goes into a bit of shock because it sounds like you've disturbed the, sh the root system, which is very shallow. And with the weather that we've had, it may take a step back. So I would get some, certainly some seaweed, seaweed concentrate into there. Right. But um, the best bet for the new future, can't leave it in the pot, in other words. It doesn't sound like it from what you're telling me. Its best it's chance uh, is going to be to go in the ground or buy another tree and put it in the ground. It, that might even be easier. Take it out. If I take it out and cut all those roots and put it back in the pot, would, would that help? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting confused now. I I think if you start trimming up the roots, you may find that the tree... The ones that are like the hair, the fine ones. The fibrous roots, yeah. But yeah, those. Faye's saying to either upgrade into a much larger pot or put it in the ground, Christine. Okay. We, we, we have, have to, to move on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank All you right, very much. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Christine. Bye. And unfortunately, or fortunately, we do have to have a break. And when we return, we've got Barbara, Colleen and Veronica. You're with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. have to say we've got some unusual uh, computer issues where we're on, we're off, we're on, we're off. We don't know. So we will just try and carry on. It's like and no, events. we're not going to carry on. I just, I'm trying to get to the calls. And when I actually press the button to answer them, uh, it, 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 I don't know. So bear with us, everyone. We do have the nine o'clock news coming up shortly as well. But bear with us because everything seems to be flicking in and flicking out. I will try again. No, not happening. So wow. we are putting a call out to our engineer, Mr. Stan, to see if he can uh, uh, give us some assistance. So where are we? We've got five minutes to the news. Uh, it's like the events calendar, Ray. What's on again is off, off again, again and on again. Because <laughs> last week I yeah. told Bob that our garden club was cancelled and he said he had another event going ahead. So yeah. I made a few calls and other organisations may be interested in this. Like if you're having an event at a home, then it's a limit of 10. But I was able to contact the city of Kalamunda and get the garden club permission to carry on with their event uh, with the numbers around 30. So yeah. it is an outdoor event. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that other organisations, sporting clubs and, and whatnot, are carrying on yeah. almost as normal. Um, mm. And you can have eight or ten people at a table and that's okay, whereas... Our event will be outdoors, so people yeah. can certainly follow the two square metre distancing yeah. rule yeah. Um, with some safety. Yeah, so that is back on again. It is. Bob yes. That is good Good news. Let's try it again. Yes, we've finally made it, Barbara. Thanks. We've been in a bit of pain here, technically. How are you? Okay, and I know I've got about 30 seconds. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I just wanted to thank you girls. I've listened with great interest to the plants that I can have. I'm the one with the, the hot spot in the garden. Yes. Um, look, I'm, I've got the Eremophilus. I think I've tried to grow that before. It's the grey foliage with the lilac flowers. Yeah, the Nivea. Um, yeah, I really like the Ilex or Ilex. Yeah, I'll Ilex. Mm -hmm. Ilex. And I missed the one that came after that. 
Oh, the Viburnum Anvi. Say again. Viburnum Anvi. A N V I. A N V I. Viburnum. Okay. What you can do, Barbara, if you go to our podcast, which will be yep. posted around midday today, you can read us yep. into that whole segment uh, and li- listen to what Joanne was uh, saying. Oh, lovely. To Thank refresh you, so much. you. That would be a good way to do it. Yeah, I'm really looking for things that birds can put nests into because there's so little around in Dianella these days. Um, and the uh, hibiscus jazzy, would they, would they nest in that sort of oh, thing? Honestly, Barbara, what I was just going to say is any bush, anything that is a bush, birds will nest in. So in. I've yeah. I've had them nest in um, old man's beard. I've had them nest oh, in uh-huh. wormwood, um, uh, duranta, like Sheena's yeah. gold and oh, the other one, geisha girl. One of my favourites is Maria and Joanne talked about that. Yeah. Um, oh, they nest in that? Oh, they will nest in anything that's that's dense and shrubby. It's the okay. habit of the plant rather than the plant itself. Yep, yep. I've got a big Mariah near my back steps and I've never had a nest in there, but they've actually nested in that big thick-leafed, um, can't think of the name of it, it's got a little white trumpet in bunches that they use in wedding bouquets and they've nested in that vine. Mm. Yeah, so uh, Stephanotis? Or... Yeah, they've, they've met. Anyway, I'll keep looking and um, I've got to find something that'll cope with the heat on that wall. I, I like the idea of the grevilleas or your little bottle brushes, some of those that you can get. that Because how high did you want it to be, Barb? I don't mind if um, the height at all. I'd love it to be tall and, and sort of lanky, um, but it just needs to be able to cope with that, that hot. And as I say, you know, I put in the... Um, Canna lilies in desperation. Mm. The dancers have gone crazy with very little help, you know. Mm-hmm. And it is a variegated one, so I'll give it away to whoever wants it. <laughs> yeah, they're lovely. Well, the lily pilly straight and narrow, that it's native to Australia and yeah. has fruits, so the birds come in for the fruits. Yep, okay. Not real keen on that, but thank you okay. anyway because I've got a lovely list here and I might duck down to the Guildford Nursery because it is quite cute and also Xantheria. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And re-listen to the podcast too, Barbara, in case we've missed something. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, girls. Bye. Welcome. Welcome. Cheers Bye. for that. All right, and hopefully we can go to the nine o'clock news. Twenty-five point eight degrees at the moment. Not far to go to reach our maximum today of twenty-nine. It will be mostly sunny tomorrow, partly cloudy, with a maximum of twenty-seven. And on Monday, a maximum of 29, partly cloudy. So we're in the twos all this week, folks, which I'm really looking forward to. And I think many of you out there might be as well. All right, let's head to Jess. Good morning. How are you? Good, thank you. And yourselves? Good. Look, I've got just a problem um, with aloe vera plant. I've got a huge plant, which is probably five foot tall, and it's supposed to be the plant that makeup's made out of and other pharmaceutical things and that. And it is good for clearing up your skin. You know, I've used some on the skin and that sort of thing. But I also uh, cut a lot off it and I planted them around. So I've got plants that are growing, you know, that are just all rooted last year and that. And I, I can't find anywhere except somewhere in USA to get 
people wanting these things and I just wondered whether you had any outlets or any of your listeners might sort of know about some of these sort of things. Oh, the aloes have become very, very popular in in recent years and there's quite a large variety of them. Um, Ray, are you looking to see how big aloe vera grows? No. Because... <laughs> no, I know how big it grows. Well, I've got it out there looking at me, but I just sort of don't want to throw it in the tip. I just want it to have some use. And we were told years ago, this is probably 20 years ago more, that it is the special plant that... You know, they use in makeups and using that sort of thing. But I can't seem to get any laboratory or anybody that here, you go into the computer and it's sort of somewhere in USA or somewhere like that. Well, I do know that there are recipes that you can Google online and make your own products from it. Uh, If you've got plants that you want to give away, Jess, certainly Mm. Marketplace and Gumtree are very popular. Uh, I'm not sure if you're into Facebook, but... The trading that goes on there is out of this world. Uh, otherwise, if you're digging up the plants and and just put a sign on your verge that says free, I'm sure someone will, you know, happily come and get them. Yeah, yeah. well, that's what I'm thinking, but I'm in a cul-de-sac, but I could put it up on the main road, I suppose, for a few hours anyway. And the, main and the other thing is that, you know, um, Maybe someone will see it who's on Facebook and share it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the word yeah. can get out that way. Yeah, well, it would be good if it could because it's a beautiful big plant and it, I don't want to throw it in the tip, you know. No. It's uh, getting that way. Do you, right, do well, you want to give fine. us the name of your cul-de-sac? Uh, Wren Close. Wren Close. Yeah, like the birds. Yeah, Wren Close in, in Willerton. So if anyone is interested in some aloe vera plants, that's the place to go. Keep an eye out. You might find some on the verge very soon. <laughs> and if you do, please share it on Facebook so that others have got the opportunity as well. Yeah. Thank, thank you for your time. Thanks, Jess. Jess. Cheers for that. You too. Bye for that. Bye. Now, we do have Mark check online. I would like to speak to Veronica yes. very quickly because she has been waiting. Hey, Veronica, how's it going? Good morning. I'm fine, thanks. Uh, my query is about a, a grapevine I have. My, it's quite an old grapevine and my friend cut it back very hard and it's Growing, but there are no uh, grapes on it. There are no grapes on it. Okay. Is that quite all right? Yes, yes. And because it's cut back quite hard, it's re-establishing its canes. So this year when it loses all its leaves, then mm-hmm. if you do some selective pruning, you won't need to do a lot, but you train it to shape. And yes. if along each main cane you cut the spurs to two buds. Right. Mm-hmm. That that That's how I would do it in pruning time this year. Okay, right. Thank you very much indeed. You're welcome, and you Veronica. ladies have a nice day. Thank you, you too. Thanks for your patience, you. Veronica. Cheers. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Okay, we've got Mr Tucker Bush himself online, Mark Tuchek. Good morning. Hello, Hi, Mark. Hey. Hello, Faye. How's it going? Very good, thank you. <laughs> Oh, what's it's new? Not coming down into the, the studio this morning. Uh, I was looking forward to coming down for a chat and a coffee and uh, a baked good from John. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, uh, phone, phone chat's just as good. Well, new new rules, challenging times. We've got to stay safe, don't we? 
I know, I know. Yes, that's a, that's the thing. Oh, so what are you going to tell us about today, Mark? <laughs> well, um, I can talk about a few things. I can talk about water plants and also a few tucker bush things that. Uh, yes, please. I think I, you saw the email that I sent you about the night flowering water lilies that are out about at the moment. Yes. So they're very cool. Um, so for people that don't know much about water lilies, um, basically roughly divided into a couple of categories. So there's the hardy water lilies, which is where the, the flower just sits on the water surface. And then there are the tropical water lilies where the flower stands up above the foliage, so it's on a bit of a stalk above, so it's quite high. But these ones are night-flowering uh, water lilies. And um, what I was going to talk about was called HC Harstick. And it's a really beautiful magenta mm. flower with lots of petals. And they're fascinating and things to watch because you can actually see them slowly opening at dusk and they open at night and then they close up about 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning uh, the next day. So for people that want to enjoy something at night, if you're entertaining at night. Be lovely. Most, most of the hardy water ladies do close up at night, but these ones obviously open up. So um, Nice too if you have, you know, some lighting, you know, around around the area, that would be beautiful. Definitely. And, yeah, so for people that, I mean, with these warm nights that we were having, yeah. it's, it's fantastic to be outside to enjoy the different smells and flowers that uh, that come out at night. So, What's their flowering period? How long do they flower for? Uh, quite a long period. So really from the end of spring, uh, so all through summer, all through autumn. Mm. And with the tropical ones, they... Um, they tend to start later than the hardy ones. So the hardy water lilies come uh, awake first in the season. So they start in spring and flower earlier, but they go to sleep earlier. So the tropicals have an extended flowering period after the hardies are finished. And they'll flower through autumn. And only probably in, really in winter, they start when it gets cold, they start to go dormant again. Mm. But... Um, yeah, so these are only, uh, they're not commonly available. So only available in a few selected independent garden centres. So uh, people like Joanne that was on earlier, yeah. uh, she's got some, and Mia Flora. So you can't find them everywhere, but uh, certainly worth tracking down. So they've got beautiful leaves too. So they've got a greenish top side and the undersides are kind of a reddish colour too. Mm, so mm. they're really attractive plants. And the other one there that I showed you a picture of was the, um, it's a tropical water lily. It's called George T. Moore. And that has that blue, beautiful purpley uh, blue colour, iridescent purple. Mm. Uh, that is a day flower. So that flower is open during the day and then closes up at night. But um, the tropical water lilies, they, the leaves tend to spread out a bit further, so you do need a, a slightly wider pond yeah. uh, than a lot of the hardy water lilies, which can be easily contained. A lot of the hardy ones you can grow easily in a, in a, in a large bowl, 
but the tropical ones, they, they need a bigger pond for the, to spread out a bit too. So, And Mark, what care do water lilies need at this time and how can you get more flowers from them? Right, well, uh, very easy to look after. The main thing is to, uh, if you can actually get to the flowers, you can just uh, chop the, the spent flowers off uh, and we actually fertilise them with just osmocote. So... What we tend to do is um, drill a little hole in the um, in the potting mix underneath the pot, and put a, like a little teaspoon of osmocote in, cover it up, put a few little bits of gravel or rocks over the top, and uh, just to stop the osmocote floating away in the pond. Mm. And uh, that's all we do. They're, they're gross mm. feeders, so we just use a a, a three month osmocote. So. You can get osmocote that releases over different uh, periods. You can get a nine-month osmocote. But because uh, the water lilies are gross feeders, they need a bit more food uh, quicker, and so we use the three-month osmocote. So when would you do that if you've got an existing pot in a pond? Uh, we do it um, in kind of late spring when they okay. just start to wake up. Yep. And then we do the, the now this time of the year, end of summer, autumn to last another three months uh, through the autumn period. And, yeah, just do it twice. All right. So that's um, something people can go out and do now. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, okay. It's so, so easy and it doesn't take much. If you if they can't get to it, sometimes you can get a little bit of um, uh, hollow PVC pipe and you just uh, poke that into the, the base of them and then just tip a little bit of osmocote down the pipe and then just pull the pipe out. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, so, it gets, so it's underneath the, uh, you know, the, the top layer a bit. Excellent. And you've got water poppies yeah. as well. Yeah, so the water poppies are a little bit more unusual. Yeah. Um, their botanical name is uh, Hydrocles nymphoides. So that, um, that uh, Greek name, nymph, uh is also in the water lily, which is uh, the botanical name is Nymphaea. And just a bit of trivia, so, um, yeah, it's based on the Greek um, water deities that uh, that lured uh, suspecting uh, handsome young princes into the water. And uh, and so they're named after um, the Nymphoides name is because they've also got heart-shaped leaves. So... So they've got heart shaped leaves and the yellow flowers are just like ordinary poppies, you know, the uh, the red poppy, but these are yellow and they sit on the water surface and they're quite a, a dense growing plant. So uh, they can take over a, a pond. So you can, what we tend to do is just harvest around the outside yeah. and uh, we throw that in the compost, uh, which is excellent composting material. But, um, yeah, you might need to do that, you know, once a year mm. if you find your water poppies are spreading over your pond a bit too much. How big are the flowers, but, Mark? Uh, yeah, normal poppy size. So wow. they would be probably about three, I don't know, five centimetres across. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, and they're a nice kind of like buttercup yellow colour. And, again, flower all through... Spring, late spring, summer, and autumn in the pond. And are they, they're great for fish to hide underneath. They are. They're yeah. excellent for that because 
um, you know, fish always need a, a bit of protection yes. and these uh, grow quite uh, dense on the surface and uh, they're a good um, uh, breeding ground too for uh, baby fish to, um, yeah. to breed in. So, yeah. yeah, excellent plants. And will they grow in a pot? As in like a big body of water pot? Yeah, so you would need a probably like a, a water barrel, um, like a wine barrel size yeah. um, pot okay. or larger. Yeah, yeah. got the picture. Um, so a metre across? A hmm. metre across would be fine. Anything smaller, I think they would just get too crowded mm, yeah. um, in there. But uh, you just keep them in the pot that they come in and... Um, like I said, you can pull that out, and in spring you could. Uh, what we tend to use for uh, potting mix is like a lawn base uh, because you don't want too much organic matter. Most potting mixes have pine bark or composted sawdust and things like that, and that organic matter can actually um, rot down and um, it kind of decomposes anaerobically. So the mix that we use is more sand-based, and so it's what they use for lawn mixes when you um, put in a new lawn or uh, top-dress your lawn. It's basically sand-based with a bit of um, that red gingin loam in it, Mm. and uh, we don't use any organic material in that that mix. And then we use... um, the awesome coat for fertiliser. All right, and now you've got some uh, interesting tuckerbush mints, which read beautifully. Can you s- step us through those very, very quickly? Yep. So the the tuckerbush mints. So we've got um, in Australia, we've got uh, about six indigenous mints, and in the tuckerbush range, we've actually got three of those. Mm. And the uh, the first one that we had was uh, the river mint, which is I think you. Girls have actually um, tasted seen that it before. Tasted it before. Yep, uh, it does grow quite rampantly, so you mm. should grow it in a pot. Yeah, but it's a nice um, sweet mint, um, and you can use it for tea, for ice drinks, for chocolate cake, mm. and it's really versatile. The second one that we introduced was um, Menthosaccharoides, which is called a bush mint, and that's a lot smaller grower and has white flowers. And it's not as invasive as the, the, the river mint, but um, it's more of a savoury mint. So you can use it for your lamb dishes, mm. any kind of savoury dish, um, and uh, very easy to grow. And tra- really good at attracting bees too, Faye. Oh, good. They're really <laughs> great little pollinators. And the one we've just rec- recently introduced is called Mentha Domenica, uh, it's a wild mint or like a native peppermint. And uh, that one has got a mauvey purple flower. Again, also very popular with bees and pollinators. And it's got a, it's probably got an in-between habit. So it doesn't grow as vigorously as the river mint and it's not as compact as the, the bush mint, but um, also great in the pot. And you can use it wherever you use Mint. So basically, you know, substitute your common mint for this one, and um, it's um, easy to grow and very popular. Do they like a lot of water, or they suit a dry environment? Well, they actually quite hardy, but and they respond to 
a little bit of love. So if you give them a bit more water and fertiliser, they do grow better for you. But then if you forget to, you know, they'll, they'll look a bit raggedy, but they recover very easily. So they're forgiving. They're forgiving. And so, you know, other other plants you can wipe out very easily if you forget to water them. Yeah. Uh, but these ones will spring back to life. And, um, yeah, they, they do quite well. So they don't need as much care and attention. But certainly if you give them a little bit of water and fertiliser, they'll grow better, respond better. You can trim more off yeah. and you can dry that and, you know, use it for your, your meals. Yep. And they're available basically across the metro area? They are. Tuckerbush yeah. plants so in ones, general. Mm. They are, yeah. So you can get them uh, through the big box stores and your yep. local garden centre and online if you want to. Uh, they're readily available, those ones there. Gorgeous. Thank you, Mark. Very enlightening from drought tolerant to water hungry <laughs> water plants. Loving. Yes. Water lovers. I know. All right. Well, no, thank you very much. We have to press on. Uh, look after yourself. Keep safe. And uh, look forward to having you in the studio soon. Thanks, Thanks. Brian Faye. Talk to you All next right, time. Love. Thank okay. you so much. Bye for Cheers. now. Bye. Cheers for that. Okay. We'll be back shortly. Curtain Radio. Thank you for your company this morning. 25 minutes past nine at 10 a.m. Jim Crinan with the classic 70s for you. I'm going to give something away. I'm feeling very generous again. A few weeks ago, we spoke to Jessica from Tree Rings, and so now you can win a pack of Tree Rings. That's 20 uh, fabulous product. However, you must be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. You would have to collect... Uh, your tree rings from Hazelmere. They are, tree rings is located uh, Midland Road, Hazelmere. So you would have to be able to go and pick them up. Uh, so that obviously don't don't call if you can't actually get out there. All right, these are compact fertilizer rings made from repurposed materials. They provide precision fertilizer replacement optimising the nutrition of trees and plants to enhance their growth and stimulate fruit and flowering. Uh, You simply snap a tree ring in half, place it at the base of your plant or tree and you're fertilised for 12 months. Uh, It breaks down naturally into the soil and improves the quality of the soil as it does so. You can find out more at treerings.com.au. Now, if you would like to win, all you have to do is be the third caller through to Bev right now on Four nine four eight four one nine two seven nine four eight four one nine two seven. Be the third caller through now to Bev to win the tree rings. Okay, let's carry on. We are in Belmont. Good morning, Greg. Yeah, good morning, ladies. Um, I, I've got two two problems. Um, first of all, last year um, I I grew a heap of pumpkins in my backyard in the veggie garden. Um, and the fruit came up to about the size of a golf ball and then seemed to die. But this year I've got flowers everywhere, but I don't seem to have any female flowers. Oh. No, no fruit whatsoever, but the, the vines are probably 20 feet, you know, 30 feet long. Oh, but Greg. There's no fruit coming up. It's, it's about the temperatures, I'm afraid. Uh, the what? fruit okay. flowers will, the female flowers will develop at a certain temperature and it's much cooler than what we've been experiencing. So it, it's right. a case of the temperature's not right for the pumpkins. Uh, okay. You may still get some and mm-hmm. because they do grow quite quickly and you've got a a healthy vine, you may still yeah. get fruit. 
Okay, well, I'm hoping on that account. Um, and the other, the other one is, how in the hell can I get rid of rats? I've had, I've tried. Um, uh, the, the, the council gives out free talon, which I'll put down. They won't touch it. Mm. And I've gone back to rat sack, and they don't seem to be touching that. But um, right. I do have a, um, a palm tree, which they're eating the nuts on. But they get up into the lemon tree, and they eat the lemons, and now they're ring-barking my mandarin tree. Okay. Well, my solution has been to get the the black bait stations and yeah. the product that we use is called Racamin. So it has a reduced secondary poisoning effect. Yeah. Um, and putting them around places that you you know the rats are. Now, first of all, if you've got palm trees with nuts yeah. that they're eating, get them cleaned yeah. up. Um, yes. So this is something I do at least once a year. I get someone to go up there and cut the fruits and the old fronds off. It's just to how part of my management plan. So if there's nothing for them to eat, they will not be able to breed up as easily. So if you know where they're living, whether it's in your roof or your shed, and you can actually <laughs> smell them, that's where you put your bait stations. Also, actually, look. I think, it's more, I think it's more of a question not where they're living, but where I'm living. They just need to be, you know. They um they seem to be all over the place, but every time they knock houses down around the area, they yep. yes. get infested yep. with them again. Yes. Yeah. So the thing about the bait stations is you can really load these up with poison. Don't touch them with okay. your hands because that will mm-hmm. put the rats off. And you can have, you know, you can load them up and put them in in sheds and roof space and on on fence lines. And the other marsupials can't get into them because of the size. So they're targeting only the rats. Okay. But but, yeah, cleaning up areas like if there's chooks around or aviaries, keeping those areas clean so that you're not always providing food for rats. Yeah, I do do have chooks. um, But also I've I've got a... I have a beehive, so I mean, it's not as if there's, they're not being pollinated. The um, the pumpkin, if the flowers are there, you know. So I'll just let it go for a little while and just see see how it progresses. Okay. Good okay, luck, Greg. Much, Good morning. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, let's head to Dianella. Caroline. Good morning. Hi, Caroline. Hi. Uh, my passion fruit again. Uh, it's, I had a fantastic crop this year. Oh, good. Coming to the, oh, yes, bags and bags I gave away. Um, it's come to an end. I think it's coming to an end. Do I prune it now or did you say uh, in September? In springtime, yes. Springtime, yeah. Yeah, when it's time to get it growing again. So you prune it back so that you encourage new bushy growth. Ah, oh, right, okay. Then it's just that this little devil always puts flowers out during the winter, but that's all right. Well, they may or may no. Don't touch it. Just it may they may or may not develop. Who knows? We may end up having a very warm winter, (laughs) and they might just. Who knows? Yeah, wish I had my crystal ball here. Uh, I kept it very well watered, so I did get a lot of passion fruit, which was a good thing. There's a lot of dying leaves on it now. Is that natural? It can be, it could be burned, but just look for distortions in the stem. Sometimes. Um, the stems will break or they'll be nibbled by a rat. Uh, so just look and see if you can detect the source of why the stems are, are dying. Why the leaves are dying, yeah. Mm. 
But the stalks uh, may be as well. Yeah, there are the ones at the back are they're all dead and dried. I thought that's just old stems and I needed to just clean it up a little bit. I do have a rat and he didn't come for a long time but he's back again. Well, there's also another problem that I've noticed on one of my vines and that is it gets a a spot on the fruit but there are swellings in the stem and uh, it's some something that affects the plant and reduces the growth like the the leaves will die back and stems will die back and I can trace yes. it back to a, a swelling in the stem uh, so I look for that there's a little cricket. I've got a mint bed. That's why I watered it so well because I thought the mint was stealing its water. So I water this water it very well, and there's this cricket that hops around. And I thought he was trying to pierce the fruit because there's little piercings on the fruit. All my fruit have had it the entire time, but when you open them up, they're fine on the inside. Yes, yeah. Sometimes yeah. fruit fly will sting the fruit, but it doesn't damage the fruit. As you say, it's fine inside. And you said about the European wasp. I saw this one. It looks like a skinny bee. Is that what you said the European wasp looks like? But they wouldn't be hanging around flowers, though, would they? No, they tend to be after dog food or soft drinks, actually. Um, So it must have just been an ordinary wasp. Well, there are black and yellow wasps. They're a paper wasp. The European wasp has black antenna, whereas the paper wasp has yellow antenna. And, oh, and our, the paper wasp will fly with its legs down, whereas yeah. the European wasps fly with their legs up. Yep. Okay, then. Now, there was just one other thing. I bought these lily uh, crowns, I think it is, from Aldi, and it came up beautiful. It was so lovely. It looked like a tiger lily or something. Mm. It flowered and the stalk died off. Do I just leave it in that potting mix or do I have to lift it? The crown? Uh, has it totally died down? Yes, it's all gone now, yes. Okay. You you can lift it or you can just leave it in the pot and put the pot away until yeah. it's time to grow it again. Okay. And I've got three at the same time, or there was a few in that, uh, but the other two, they're still going, never got a flower on them, but they've still got leaves and they've still got stalks. And I'm thinking, oh, Lordy, when is this thing going to finish? Mm. Give it some uh, fertiliser liquid for flowering and fruiting plants. Oh, you think it'll put a flower out now? Oh, it still might. Oh, okay then. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so September to do my passion fruit. Lovely. Okay. Thanks, Caroline. We have to wriggle on. Thanks for my prize this morning. Sorry? I said thanks for my prize this morning. You're (laughs) You're welcome. welcome. Cheers, all. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, and we do have a winner for the tree rings, Gay from Willerton. And Gay, we will connect you with tree rings during the week and uh, you can trot up. Trot up there and uh, collect your your prize. They're located in Hazelmere. Thank you for playing with us. I do have another prize to give away. Between now and 10 o'clock, we will be giving away a $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees. But let's go to Carlisle. Graham, good day. Morning. Hello. Yes, I'm just uh, talking about the the rat problem the boy's got. Yes. Not uh, eating the poison. The trick I found, if you get some uh, sweet wine like port or something <laughs> and put it in a dish and put them in there, they smell it from a mile away and they love the sweet stuff and they just eat the eat the um, pellets 
And, of course, when they eat the pellets, they also get thirsty, so they drink more port. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Then they die. But I used to have a feed shop, and at one stage we had a bit of a plague, and we went through 47 rats in no time. Oh. And... A couple of years later, we had another infestation. Then we got about another 47 rats just by putting port in a couple of different spots around uh, with the uh, pellets in the port. Well, Graham, even, that or, is... Or even next, even next to it would be okay. Okay. They smell the port. That is a unique solution. Thank you for sharing. Okay, and use a cheap port because you don't oh, use a good... Goes, one goes without saying, Graham. <laughs> no, don't use your Galway pipe. <laughs> or your grandfather port, save that. Yeah, no, excellent. That, yeah. Thank you, Squire. Okay. Good man. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Cheers Bye. for that. All right, and we're back to Bedford. Hi, Mark, how are you? I'm um, good, thanks, girls. How are you today? Very Not good, bad. thank you. Good, good, good. Um, I have a Strelitzia. Yes, that I want someone to take it away. Of yeah. course. <laughs> I want someone to dig it up and take it away yep. and uh, make a lot of money potting it and selling it. Oh, good luck, Mark. <laughs> um, good luck? Does that mean I'm on my own? Pretty much. I don't think they are that much sought after uh, for mm. the effort required to, to dig them up. To it out. Mm. They, and I... I'm guessing yours might be a biggish one. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Have you, about, uh, seven have, foot tall is probably about yep. that three and a half, four foot round. Yes. Well, I think you'd be very lucky to get someone to come and dig it up myself. I've tried digging these up. And for that reason, I don't recommend that people plant them in the ground no. um, without being aware of how big they will Get mm. and how difficult they are. It is an extraordinarily hard job. If, mm. if you wanted, um, if you wanted to sell some, you'd have to dig it up and, and pot them yourself. Pe- people yep. won't pay you. Yep. Okay. So otherwise. I've got no options of bringing anybody to come in here, and even if it's going to cost me a dollar to dig it up. Yes. It's something that I'm going to have to do myself. Is I think right? so. I think it's on a par with the yucca. You know, yeah. they're, <laughs> they're a... Yeah, I've got rid of one of those. Yeah, yeah they're menacing, pretty much out of favour. Mm, mm. Yep. All right, girls. Well, question asked and question answered. Thank you very much for that. You You're welcome. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Okay. Good luck, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Cheers for that. Okay, now, what would you like to do next, young lady? Well, uh, some some thank yous. One from Linda to Faye and Ray. Just wanted to let you know that finally went to Bigger Trees this week to use the wonderful voucher. And what a nursery. It was lovely and naturally I came away with twice as much. Can't wait to plant everything and hope it gets cooler soon. Wish they were just around the corner. But thank you, everyone. It's my birthday week, a quarter of a century, and am still gardening. How wonderful is that? Thank you also for a great weekly program and have learned so much. So we think she's not actually a quarter of a century. We think she's three quarters of a century. <laughs> We're guessing. <laughs> Maybe she's a quarter of a century off a century. Would that be right? It's so confusing. Me. Thank I'm you. easily confused. Yeah. <laughs> Linda, that sounds like it's gone to a great... Home, so that's good. All right, and speaking of the $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees, here's your chance to win one. 
All right, so bigger trees for big plants and little plants. Do check out their website and their Facebook page uh, for their latest on all their goodies and deliveries. And I know uh, that Kerry's got a lot more frangies flowering at the moment. Crate myrtles are showing off still and hibiscus are looking really good. And there are buds forming already on camellias. So there you go. Uh, Here's your question. You must be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. This is a very easy topical question to win a $75 gift voucher. Name Ukraine's national flower. Name Ukraine's national flower. Give Bev a call 9484 1927. Another thank you, Ray. And this comes from Jeannie, who's a, a very regular listener of ours. Jessica from Tree Rings rang me today to say where to pick up my prize. I'll be going there on Monday to collect the tree rings. Thank you for a great show each week. I'm looking forward to producing some good fruits with these rings. It sounds like a great prize. Keep up the good work. Yay. Thank you. All right. We'll have a short break when we return we are chatting with margaret you're listening to let's talk gardening this morning you're with rain we have a winner for the gift voucher from bigger trees congratulations to andrea from les murdy we will get that voucher in the mail to you this week andrea thanks for playing with us now the question was name ukraine's national flower the answer is sunflower Mm. And how easily they grow. Maybe everyone will be out planting sunflowers now. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Now, David from Collie has sent us in an image of an apple that's got, looks like piercings all over it. I do wonder if it's been pierced by moths or fruit fly. Mm. Uh, But John's come up and he, he thinks that it actually could be blister spot. So my suggestion for this, David, would be to send the photo onto my pest guide reporter and they will be able to give you a more definitive answer on that one. Uh, Gerda has sent in a photo of a nodding violet. The leaves have lost their colour but are not dry and the plant itself looks healthy. So, Ray, it it either is something that has uh, attacked and sucked all the green out of it, so Mm. it could be a small pest. But sometimes this might happen if the plant has got too much sun and it will lose all its colour. So if it's in a in an aspect that's perhaps a shade house, then I would suggest probably it's more of a pest problem. Uh, get a piece of white paper, tap the leaf and just see if anything comes off. It, it could be thrips, could be spider mite also. So using something like an eco oil might help that. But it's interesting. If you see the green leaf, it's literally white and it just looks like its pigmentation has disappeared. Mm. That's how it looks. So something mm. may have sucked the, the chlorophyll out of it, Gosh. which is so a sap sucker. Uh, Ingrid has sent us in a photo of her bananas and wonders why they, they don't produce very well. They're not really healthy looking plants Ingrid if you if you look at a banana plantation or a tropical garden where the bananas are prolific there's not a great deal of signs of the leaves burning and or yellowing the plants are hungry they're gross feeders they need very well improved soil they need lots of water and a good layer of mulch these ones are up against a metal fence and 
they they just need more of the good stuff to keep them growing and produce fruit. So easy fixed. Okay. All right. We're in Mundaring. Margaret, good morning. Oh, good morning, girls. Um, Ray, I'm sorry, Anne Faye. I'm just, um, I've had uh, rats for a while and found racumen very, very good bait to use. But I did find it hard to get. It is, is it now readily available in the green shed? Is it? No, not that I'm aware of. Um, okay. it, it certainly didn't used to be. It would be from your stock feed suppliers. So oh. prob- probably the bigger outer ones. And I don't know why that is really because it is, you know, better supposedly for our, our birds and reptiles uh, as far as secondary poisoning goes. So I wouldn't be using anything from the big green shed because of the risk to our other animals. Oh, but okay. um, we've had two inquiries from people since we were told about the, the port recipe. Yes. And I'm, I'm not sure whether the pellets were soaked in port or yeah, either or. Or you could put a plate of port, a little bowl of port next to the pellet. Because, yeah. because when the rats get eat the poison, they're looking for something to drink. They're looking. That's right. So they yeah. drink the port and that just... Boom. Yeah, well, just, just pre-COVID, I spoke to my termite man about these rats because I thought, well, he would know. Mm. And he said to me the best, his advice was to buy two brands of bait because each brand has a different recipe. And he said, you must put out a banquet, not just a breakfast. Yes. You must put out a banquet so that you're going to target the whole family. Mm. As soon as one of the family gets sick, they won't touch they know. any bait because mm. they're that, not that dumb. And, um, of course, you know, you needed to put it up high somewhere so that other places, other animals, I mean, around can't get at it. Mm. But I found, I buy two brands, um, in one being the Racumen, when I can get it. Well, and, and that uh, does make sense, Margaret. I, I'm not sure what, what a second option might be, but you're absolutely right about putting around more. And if you've got bait stations, you can just, you know, load them up and have them yeah. in your sheds <clears throat> for them not just to eat now, but no. ongoing. And that's, that's, right. that's, that's one right. of the way that we've, well, manage, but then I, I'm still finding ones that try and nest in my, my ferns and hang baskets. Mm. I've <laughs> dug up one out of the ground. Gosh. Um, you know, they're just, they're everywhere. And look out for your palm leaves. I've found cut up palm leaves in a staghorn fern. And I went, Made a nest. Who's doing that? Yeah. And it was Gosh. rats. Yeah. Oh, well, they've only got the same ears to live on in my bush. But, ah. Um, which they won't touch, I don't think. But No, I think you're pretty safe there. Yeah, yeah, but I have them having parties in my roof space, you see, so mm-hmm. that's why I have to keep putting out the baits. But um, I'm with you, Margaret. have mm. to just keep doing it. But um, anyway, I t- took my termite man's advice because I thought he would probably know best about the getting rid of them. So For sure. Anyway, I'm glad the racumen's around again because it is very effective. Okay, thanks, thanks for your call, Thank Margaret. You, girls. Take okay. care. Keep Bye. safe. Ciao for now. All right. And Grace from Mandra has suggested that Mark, who phoned in about the Strelitzia, 
contact his council as sometimes they come in with a bobcat because that's what it takes to lift one of these babies out and relocate the plant to a council garden. Well, it's you've got nothing to lose, have you? Mm. Try them. Yeah, it's well, a really good suggestion. And what I would say, um, you know, marketplace, you, you just never know. I mean, they're a great plan and they look great in parks and gardens. They look after themselves. Yeah, that's where they belong. So you just have to mm. have the right location or people mm. with property. Yeah, exactly. Because um, the flowers are stunning. They're beautiful flowers, absolutely glorious. So, yes, and, of course, Lorna and Carol have asked for us to repeat the port and pellet recipe. Well, it's just, obviously... We just uh, did that. We've just done that yep. for you guys. Okay, carry on. Oh, okay, quickly. Uh, and we have had a couple of lawn inquiries one yes. from Dinesh new lawn was laid early January now there are some brown patches appearing looks dead I've watered regularly and applied fertilizer any suggestions to revive the grass and this goes for Mike as well my brown lawn has dead patches or my lawn has brown dead patches I've tried wetting agent fertilizers sea sole and dethatching none of these have made any difference We've gone through one of the harshest times uh, for our lawns, I believe. Cutting it low burns the the roots. You know, it just cooks at the surface. Number one, check your water. Run your sprinklers, but put out catch cups to ensure that you've got even watering. Some areas have had their water pressure reduced. Yes, and so this can have a, a bearing. Mm. Some of your foliage plants may have grown. Your sprinklers may be blocked. I have that happening. Check mm. your watering and check it again. You must mm. have even watering. You're looking for 10 mils. Now, once you've done that, aerate your lawn. Yes. Okay? Many of them are hydrophobic. You might have used the wetting agent. You might have to use it again. Not all are easily effective. But now's so a very good time. you've got to get it into the ground. Mm. So aerate. Then apply your wetting agents. We've had giveaways of some very effective products. Yes. Uh, I think possibly you may get better results from a liquid than a granular. You need to activate a granular by standing there with a hose, watching it froth up, and you've got to get down, which is why if you've aerated it's got more chance of getting down there. Now, if you've got spots like this, you can use a like a lawn repair or even a light top dress, yeah. just enough to even out the divots and and give a bit of oomph. I've got products, some brown patches in my lawn. I think mm. most people have, mm. Ray. Mm. So the a lawn blend should have a bit of clay and loam in it. Yeah. So that will, if you've aerated your lawn, get down into the pockets and help hold the moisture. Uh, you're not alone. The, the only other thing that could be a problem is if you've had any bugs in your lawn and whether they're still there, they may need a treatment. Mm. If they've moved on, they've done the damage and you're just looking at repairing the roots now. So I hope that helps. Thank you very much. Okay, we'll be back in a moment. Thank you for your company this morning. This is Let's Talk Gardening straight out to the lines. Bel Ingrid, good morning. Hi, Ingrid. Oh, good morning. Um, I rang, um, you answered my um, email before, but I missed it because I was getting into the car. I just heard the last bit of it. Okay. So was there a product you recommended for banana tree? 
Um, no, the my recommendation was that they need more food, more water, and mulch. They, if you look at the plant, they're yeah. they're struggling. They're against yeah. a hot fence, which in itself is not a problem. But they've got competition around the roots. They're gross feeders, so they probably need more water and a good layer of mulch, and the soil must be healthy for them. Oh, okay. So um, would I get some type of soil, you know? I would remove some of the the ground cover that you've got there. Yeah. I would, if I had another patch in the garden, I would probably start again by digging a big hole, putting in some soil improver, some organic matter, some compost, uh, a bit of clay, dig all that around and put your banana in and then give it a thick layer of mulch. Oh, yeah. And And, um, it has got, um, you know, the new baby fronds coming up. Yes. Um, I'm just wondering if I were to cut those off, but that would interfere with the root and the fruiting, I assume, so probably not a good time. Uh, yes, you don't you don't want to destroy the roots of the yep. the bananas that are there. So yes, I I would wait. And bananas tend to f- uh, flower and fruit when there's a mother, a daughter, and a baby. So three in a clump. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Mm. So I hope that helps. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good on you, Ingrid. Cheers, Vanilla. Thank you. Bye. 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 And we are in Bassendine. Rob Roslyn, hi. Hi. Hello. How are you? We're good, good. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, good, thanks. Um, yes, I'm phoning about the, the racumen um, because I have fruit trees and chooks and I've had a huge problem with rats. So I phoned my local council to see where they get their racumen from and they gave me the company's name. So I don't know if I'm allowed to say that over air or not. Go for it. Okay, it's Garards, G-A-R-R-A-R-D-S. In Aussie Park. That's right. Yeah. Ah, yeah. very good. Oh, well, that will help a lot of our listeners, Rosalind. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they quoted me um, 50 baits at, at uh, $28.60. Oh, that's pretty and good. You, you and you can get larger, larger amounts as well. Mm, very good. Um, so I haven't read this, but Angela from Port Kennedy has sent in an email and she she asked, are there native rats in the areas that people are having trouble in? If so, people need to be careful not to kill these. And she heard us mention a lesser secondary kill. Poison rats could be picked up by birds of prey and they could be killed. BirdLife Australia would like Bunnings to stop selling poison that can affect our native birds. She had a, had a mouse from time to time and have learnt that if they can't get to an easy food source they don't become pests and maybe birds of prey take them occasionally yeah. please can oh, people no, learn different. to live with nature and stop poisoning which I agree yeah. with yeah. Um, well I'm, I'm pretty close to the river and we've always had a problem with rats but mm. the council did say there's different rats down by the river that are what you know what are around sort of thing but yeah. my, my dog has actually caught and killed 28 rats um, between sort of like December, January sort of thing. Um, and I've tried different sorts of baits, but the recommend certainly um, works. 
and I've found a few dried out skeletons around the place. I usually mm. find the dead rats every morning when I go down, so I just bury them. Yeah, mm. yeah. They, they are a pest species, so we have to be careful to maintain our hygiene, clean up sources so that we're not encouraging them to come in and breed. Yes, yeah. No, they, they're breeding prolifically around right. here at the moment and I've asked my neighbours and they haven't even noticed them but because my dog barks and you know in the, in the night time I know they're around and you know the dog's sort of trashing my pot plants you know trying to get to rats trying to get them oh, good yes. oh yeah. thanks for your call Rosalind okay thank you bye cheers cheers for that okay and also at 4 30 this afternoon garden gurus uh, my garden is on, but it's not about my garden. Does that make sense? They're <laughs> yes. showcasing an irrigation controller, a Wi-Fi irrigation controller, but my garden will be in the background. God help me. I don't know what it's going to look like because it's been thrashed by summer, as have all our gardens. But anyway, I'm, I'm putting it out there if you want to have a look. And Would I think love to, Episode right? three, which is today, five and nine, there will be segments about water saving and retech heads and all of that, and they've just used... My garden, I get, as a platform, if you like. Well, it'd be nice to. Well, it would have been nicer glimpse. to have that all done, I suppose, in spring when things were looking stunning. But after the well, weather we've had, it's not looking at its best. No garden is, you know. Well, we will it, showcase it your garden in well, spring. Well, thank you, Faye. This is yeah. a preemptive. <laughs> and just one more email from Jessica, but I'm going to leave it for now because we've run out of time. But we will come to that next week, Jessica. All right. Thanks, everybody. My gardenism for the morning is gardening is a verb, not a noun. How true is that? Jim Crinan is next with the classic 70s and it's Brendan T with Born in Boots from 12 noon. I think we've covered everything we have time for. Look after yourselves. Enjoy this cooler weather. We'll be next, back next Saturday and happy gardening, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.